and welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm well, weirdly warm. The weather's been beautiful lately. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's actually been spring. And it just reminds me that like the first week of being like working from home and being on lockdown, I was like wearing like a hoodie at the computer and like turning on the heat in the mornings. Cause it was like 40 degrees in March. And yeah, now it's glorious. Is that the point you're making? <laughs> no, no, that was too cold. And then last week it got, or at the end of May, it got too hot. It was yeah. into the nineties. Now we're getting perfect. SoCal spring, uh, weather, but, um, so I didn't turn on the, I haven't turned on the AC, uh, since it got hot last week, but I, I'm the corner of my bedroom from which I'm doing this apparently just didn't get the memo and it's like super stuffy and warm right here. Yeah. So suddenly I'm, uh, I'm all, uh, uh, all sweaty when I, when I, uh, shouldn't be. Is your window um, open? It looks like it's open. Uh, yes, this window is open and yet wow. not getting, not getting much of a breeze. You have a lot um, more faith in your neighbors than I do. Well, like what do you my, mean? Well, because like my, my, uh, my windows are shut. Like when I'm recording, my window is shut because there could be noise outside. Oh, I see. And, uh, I you thought know. you like meant your neighbors were literally going to try and come in the window. I was like, <laughs> exactly. I'm on the second floor. It's An fun. open window. I can climb right in. <laughs> That's just a screen between me and, uh, un, you know, unheard yeah. of wealth. Um, yeah, I'm on the second floor. I only need to worry about uh, uh, David Arquette in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie <laughs> floating out there. That, um, you know what? I saw that movie when it was like a new release on video, so I was yeah, fairly young. And that sequence creeped me out. Like, uh, I, know that it, I know that that movie's funny, uh, yeah. but that, that moment, just like have somebody, having somebody just like sort of like hovering outside your window, it really got me as a kid. Yeah, uh, that movie has its moments. Um, yeah, Paul but, uh, is most of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, we're, we we have a, we have another another fun guest. Um, but first, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. These are green the ones I'm wearing now. Um, uh, t- they look great. They sound great, Tyler, and I use them each and every day. Uh, today I was listening to at, at work. I listened to the entire. I think it's like a six-hour, uh, the One World Together at Home benefit uh, concert that the, which was uh, uh, it was a COVID nineteen you know benefit. Uh, I mean benefit for treatment. They're not pro COVID. Right. Um, but it was a star studded affair of, of people doing live various musicians, doing live performances and streaming them from their own home. Everyone from Lady Gaga and Paul McCartney to, uh, uh, Christine and the Queens, Billie Eilish, uh, uh, lots of, lots of cool people. Um, Kesha, big, big Kesha fan. Um, Casey Musgraves. There were two songs called rainbow cause Kesha did her rainbow and Casey Musgraves did her rainbow. So, uh, I listened to the entire thing all six hours. I was at work today. Uh, and it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're, uh, available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes? Let's bring on our, our, our guest. He's a, a longtime friend of the show. He's been on more times than I can, can count. Uh, and now we're seeing him zoom from the comfort of the Incredibles living room. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the Noir Artur himself, Terrence Johnson. Hi. <laughs> yeah, how many times have I been on this podcast? It's been a Yeah, I've stopped like a, counting. Yeah, I can't I can't even remember how many times. You're a you're a fan favorite. The oh, hosts nice. eh, we're a little iffy. <laughs> but the but the fans just love you. Yes, as long as the, the listenership likes me, <laughs> exactly. I guess that's fine. <laughs> so how you been? 
Um, you know, I'm managing. Uh, I'm very tired of being in the house, but I'm going to stay in here mm-hmm. <laughs> until I feel it is safe to go outside, which is probably not till July. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, other than that, just trying to like, you know, I'm still working. So thankful to have a job sort of in this quarantine time. Um, but yeah, just working, working on some new costumes, watching movies, TV, trying to keep sane. Here's a question for me. Like, now, uh, the listeners know the weekend that was supposed to be the TCM Classic Film Fest. They did it on, on T- they did a, uh, an at-home version on TV. We did an episode about it. The weekend that was supposed to be WonderCon, did you get into cosplay and walk around your house in cosplay? Um, I did not. I, <laughs> I just started several new ones because I was like, I need something else that's not like work or movies or TV to keep me going. So I started a couple of new costumes, but I didn't know I haven't gotten into one of them. Uh, what, do you, what are you working there. on? Which, what are you working on? Or, or can you say, uh, I can say I'm working on Naveen from princess and the frog. Okay. Um, I got an idea. I started watching, we're talking about like movies and things that we watch. I rewatched, um, the 2015 Cinderella live action oh, Cinderella, that's a good one. um, which is, amazing Mm -hmm. um probably wasn't wise of it to watch around the anniversary of my mother's death uh given that three parents die in the movie uh it's like ooh, four choices um but other than like i just loved the costumes in that and Mm -hmm. and richard madden i love richard madden and his costume is really great and i was like what if i did a suite of disney princes um so naveen is the first one that I'm sort of going to tackle cosplay wise. Um, and then do Richard Madden's version of Cinderella's Prince and maybe Aladdin from okay. this new Aladdin. Um, from the new Aladdin. From the new one. Yes. It would be my second costume. Yeah. Because I've done Jafar. Yeah. That's I right. I don't really like that movie, but I love the costume design in it. And it's very challenging. So it's like, Part of me is like, oh, I, I should challenge myself to do something like that. Um, and then I'm making a Cinderella dress for a friend. So I was actually trying to think before we record. I was like, when was the last time I saw Terrence? And it was at the <laughs> uh, the Hollywood Critics Association Awards when you yes. were all you were all Wakanded up. I was, and I'm looking at that costume right now. It's chilling <laughs> in its box um, <laughs> here in my room. So, so we've talked. Uh, David and I have talked about this on the show before and uh i think david you found this to be incredibly sad okay uh which i guess it kind of is uh (laughs) because part of me uh i was gonna say oh terrence if you know what i love the riddler so much maybe i could commission you to make a riddler costume for me but then instinctively i think like no riddler's skinny and i'm big and fat and so it wouldn't be right to the character instinctively um do you find yourself because of course uh, do you find yourself being like well i can't make these costumes for Mm -hmm. myself if i don't fit the the character Ooh, let's yes. Let me let me get on your therapist couch right now, because um, <laughs> that's definitely something that I'm I'm dealing with at the moment. Just, um, you know, a gym. I have not bit stepped foot in a gym uh, in eons. Right before we all went on quarantine, I had like my whole workout plan ready um, to try and get in shape, sort of pushing towards Comic Con, um, and now that is no longer there. Uh, so I'm definitely a little bigger than the last time I wore a lot of these costumes. Mm. Um, so like for well, me, Tyler, you're the opposite. You've been working out like crazy. You're swollen. I have. Uh, okay. Crazy. It's, <laughs> I mean, uh, you've, 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 done, mistoke, you've done more you've than mistake, once a week. You've mistaken I, bloat for swole, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and please Terrence, don't take this as me saying like, Hey Terrence, you're a, uh, you're big. Like, cause I don't, I don't think of you that way at no, all. It's, it's more it's, just in general, you know? No, it's, it's definitely something that I've dealt with. It's something that a lot of cause players deal with um, just personally. And then just like how people will view you in the costume. Yeah. Um, because you know, like I would, I would love to, to do a Superboy costume, but I was like, I cannot do that until I can fit into spandex. Um, for my, just for myself, 
is yeah. like if I I could wear it and that would be fine, but it's more like the personal aspect. So I would say for Riddler, to me, there's nothing stopping you um, from doing Riddler. And if you want to commission me, that's definitely something we could talk about uh, <laughs> because I have nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you could, cause you could do Riddler. You don't have to do like the bodysuit Riddler. You could do a suit. Yeah. I could like a green suit. I feel um, like you're a fan of like the green suit with a whole bunch of question marks and you want your bowler hat. Oh, sure. Riddler. And a, yeah. And a cane and, and, and a the cane. whole deal. Yeah. But do yeah, you uh, now is, is, is your Riddler? Cause like the, in recent years, especially the comics Riddler has been a redhead. Would you, would you, would you put a wig on or, or, well, that's or something? The, that's the other thing is like, part of me is like, well, I don't have red hair. Mm-hmm. I'm big and fat and obviously unacceptable as a result um, in any capacity, like even as myself. Uh, <laughs> I realize I'm throwing that out there casually. That's part of the joke and yet not a joke at all. Yes, um, I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I did. They, they definitely have steered into the redhead thing that, that, I think that maybe only really started with the animated series okay. um, because before that, I mean, Frank Gorshin certainly wasn't and the way, and the character had black hair in like the early comics. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I'd probably have to do some kind of uh, some kind of dye situation. I don't think I'd be able to wear a wig um, if I were to do this, but again, i I genuinely, it would feel so very wrong. I feel like I wouldn't be doing justice to the character. Never mind. Like, Never mind mm-hmm. this idea of, well, hey, this character resonates with me, so I'm going to dress like him for myself. I feel like, no, 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 the character is a certain way, and thus yes. I'm not going to dishonor the character wh- by having them represented by me. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, that's you. I feel like you are you are hitting the common cosplayer. Oh, really? uh, okay. Qualm, yeah, um, and then cosplay like to give your readers an even further deep dive into cosplay, it's like you run into situations where like I did Jim Lake Jr. from Troll Hunters. So I built armor out of foam, but like Jim's proportions on that show, because he's a cartoon character, like he is stick thin. Mm-hmm. And so like, he doesn't have to worry about if the foam is six millimeters rather than four will I be able to walk with my thighs closer yeah. together or will I have yeah. to walk with my legs further apart? Um, all of those things go into like the making of a costume. But one thing that you've hit on is like that I got, cause I took this dressmaking class from um, uh, this guy, Nephi Garcia is like designer daddy on Instagram. He makes like really crazy ornate princess dresses and he started talking about like artistic interpretation. Um, and it sort of shook me out of my like needing everything to be exact to the yeah. character because I felt like I wasn't honoring the character and more thinking about like using the character and how I want to represent that, you know, in the fabric choices and the, you know, type of designs that I use. Um, so that has been really interesting. Now. So like with Naveen for Princess and the Frog, I've spent weeks staring at my computer screen, trying to pick up fabric, you know, cause I can't go to a fabric store, but his clothes is sort of a specific color, but not a texture. He doesn't have a live action version yet. So it's like, well, what if I, I could do velvet or I could do suede or I could do something with a pattern or I could, do, you know, just starting to explore those different things. And so for like your Riddler doesn't have to be red hair, because when I think of red hair and Riddler, I think of Jim Carrey. Um, sure. Mm. You know, and or I think of the terrible Batman Hush adaptation uh, that we got like last year. Um, I, I was going to ask about that because I, I I'm familiar with the storyline and mm-hmm. in the comics, uh, but uh, when I saw that they that they announced like an animated thing. My first thought, because because I'm just angry all the time, I guess. I was like, I'll mm-hmm. bet they. It's like I'll bet they downplay Riddler. Nobody ever gives Riddler enough respect. Um, and I don't. And 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 I don't because like. And I saw the trailer for that. And I was like, I don't see Riddler anywhere in here. Yeah, they don't like this character. People hate this yeah. character. Fuck everybody. Um, and uh, but is but he is represented in the in the in the yes, film. That movie is nonsense, and I think okay. that the 
material is based off of is nonsense and not in like not in like a batman ninja like batman ninja was nonsense but it was so fun and ridiculous that it worked hush is like trying to be super you know serious and Mm, yeah i just and i think dc animated films are amazing they do a really good job but every so often they'll want to do a storyline from the eighties, early nineties. And you're like, mm, that was really just like a product of that moment. I hmm. really did not like their killing joke. Oh, I, I just refuse. I can't, man. <laughs> I can't because it's just so very, it's the kind of thing. And David and I have talked about this before, whether it be with a book or a comic book or whatever, where it's like, Oh, well we want to adapt that completely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, with a comic book, you really, you don't want to be, too faithful because there are different definitions of faithful. So for example, you can have a full page frame of Joker, you know, screaming out because his wife died or whatever it is. And you, the reader can linger on that because it has weight, but to, to adapt it into a, a film and try to be faithful to that frame, they give it a few seconds and then they move on. And it's like, I don't think you understand quite how people, not that I'm a, a huge authority on it, but like mm-hmm. I think people read comic books differently than how they see movies. I don't care how many yeah. people say that a comic book is essentially just a, a storyboard. It's like, yes, it's easy to think that, but it isn't actually that you need to approach yeah, no. it as a different thing. They're totally different mediums. And that's what I think I, since we're on DC movies, uh, what I appreciated about red sun, Superman, red sun that came out this year. Cause the ending of that comic book is wacky as hell. And they were like, oh, we can't do this (laughs) in a movie. Like it just, it won't work. And they found a way to really, really ground it while still keeping the elements of the story there. Um, But for like those really popular, particularly with Batman because of how fervent that fan base is. Like as as a Superman fan, like I, I give lots of leeway to people who want to interpret that character in his storylines. Um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm the only fan of man of steel, uh, left alive, but, um, you know, so I'm like, but with Batman, they're like, Oh, like we have to do this word for word, frame by frame of what the comic was. And it's, I mean, that's part of why I didn't want to see killing joke. And even the stuff that they added, didn't they have him like sleep with Barbara? Bruce yeah, and it's, it's and partially, like, <laughs> it feels like it's partially to pad the runtime on one yeah. hand. And then also it's that like, okay, so killing joke, we know what happens to Barbara. And so by adding this other element of like a, a romance, if only fleeting between Batman and, and Batgirl, it's like, oh, now he's more invested. It's like, I'm pretty sure he was invested already. Like yeah. it's, you know, and if he wasn't, then at least Gordon was, and we're invested in Gordon. Also, we like Batgirl and we like Barbara Gordon. Like you didn't need to do this. Mm. I, I yeah. genuinely do think it was there to pad the runtime and to make everything yeah. seem more edgy. Yeah. It, like they were, cause they know killing joke is like one of the sort of problematic faves of that. Mm. And they, I don't know. I don't know why they felt the need to, have, I mean, I wasn't seeing killing joke regardless. I just don't care about Batman enough to see that storyline out. Um, but the addition of the romance, I was like, cause in my mind, I feel like Barbara is like his child, even though she's not. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, ew, it's really gross. Yeah. And it just, and I think I, yeah, I watched it at Comic-Con mm. and so like when the two like kiss on a rooftop and then it like crossfades to, uh, she's on top of him and all that, uh, you know, the, the crowd was like, sort of like cheering, um, because <laughs> I don't mean to speak ill of, of the Comic-Con crowd because of the same, because I've also gone to, you know, critic screenings of movies that are, you know, uh, objectively bad and the crowd there, like sometimes cheers as well. And I'm like, I don't understand why people are excited about such an, such a thing. Uh, oh, like Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. I think you and I might've been at the same screening, uh, uh, it was at the El Capitan, but uh, in, yeah. the, the, in the early The day. difference is that those people at the Rise of Skywalker screening were right because Rise of Skywalker is good. 
I mean, I mean, I guess it, it all it's depends what? on your definition. It it's all depends a good, on your def- it, It's yeah. a good movie that I enjoyed. Yeah, but at the same time, like it that sucks, did like uh, that did like I was so surprised because I went to, I think I went to like I went to a press screening of Rise of Skywalker and, um, yeah, everyone was having a good time, including me. And then I went home and wrote a good review of a movie that is good which is Rise of Skywalker, good movie. And then was so like shocked the next day to like fire up Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and realize everyone hated it because I was like, well, I liked it. And everyone at the movie yeah. that I was at seemed to like it. Yeah. I mean, like maybe they showed you a different cut, but the, you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's no. the thing is, yeah. But I saw Lion King. I went to a, a critic screening of the Lion King and people were, they loved it. They were all, you know, and I recognized like, yes, this, this theater is half full of plus ones and mm-hmm. they might be just excited for the, the experience. But, uh, but yeah. And then like when I went to that Comic-Con thing, I think people were so excited. They're like, Oh, we love the killing joke. It's being now realized in animated form. Mark, you know, it's got Mark Hamill doing the voice of Joker. People are excited about that. And, uh, and so they were just being very forgiving in the moment. Uh, and as I was watching, I'm like, this is pretty bad. I do not care. Yes. This, this had- is making me sad. I, I thought I'd processed that there's no Comic-Con <laughs> this year. Now you're going to, we're talking about Comic-Con and I'm really sad that I'm not going yeah. to be there. So what I just said about Comic-Con audiences makes you miss Comic-Con. Yes, because yeah. here's the reason everything plays well at Comic-Con because everyone's so fucking happy to be That's at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And so it made me miss, yeah, maybe miss Comic-Con. That's that true. is true. Um, Cause I, I'm trying to think of, I haven't had a, that sort of something played there and it was like terrible and I hated it, you know, whether it was a, a trailer or a full film. Um, and then I leave the bubble. <laughs> like, oh, that was, you know, raggedy. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had several, as I've sort of come into like my own as like a critic, if we want to say that, or like really, starting to understand what I love and what I don't love about movies. I often feel like I am the person in the theater being like, what the hell is everybody else watching? Um, like Suspiria was one of those experiences. Um, where I was just like, I was sitting right next to Aaron, uh, our mutual friend, Aaron. And I was, and he loved it. And I was like, this is dreadful. Oh, I like uh, that movie too. And then the next day we saw Burning, which was another two and a half hour movie. Um, and I didn't know it was that long and I almost died before the movie started. Uh, <laughs> and then it was great. But yeah, it's com- the Comic-Con bubble. It, it is sad. Part of me is glad because I'm like, oh, I have all this extra time to get in super duper shape and get these costumes right. So like <laughs> next year, I'm just going to stunt on it. Maybe I'll do like, eight costumes and I'll just change midday because sure. I'll have had so much time to work on stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a bummer to not have it there. It, it just is, it's going to be weird to not have something that yeah. major in the middle of, and this was going to be my 15th. Like that's a wow. nice, a nice good number. I was really looking forward to an even 15 and now it'll be, so then next year will be my 15th, but it'll be 16 yeah. years after my first, like, that's ah, a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can do like a, maybe there will be some sort of Comic-Con Zoom where like 150,000 people can all, uh, you know, be a part I of it. I think they're planning to do something like, like a Comic-Con at home. Hmm. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if like Warner Brothers put together some sort of digital something, you know. Uh, even if it was just like, Hey, we're going to put our wonder woman stars on a YouTube live. Sure. You know, to talk about yeah. the movie. But um, I mean, increasingly uh, you were actually on our comic-con rep episode this past July, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and increasingly that's not the stuff that I like at comic-con. My favorite stuff that we talked about uh, last year was the, the Chris Ware panel and the, um, uh, the from hell colorization uh, panel, yeah. like it wasn't the big, I don't I don't remember what movies were at Comic-Con. Well, none. Right. I, I think that wasn't the big story last year that like almost yeah. none of the studios <laughs> went there. were. Uh, there's, there's always a lot of TV. I don't remember 
Yeah, I don't have. Yeah, I, I, I never went to a Westworld panel or anything. Oh Jesus! The third season of that show. Um, oh, that reminds me. We'll put a pin in it, but we gotta come. We gotta. We gotta talk about insecure. Oh yes, because uh, that um, seems to be the theme of the quarantine is me and a guest talking about insecure while Tyler uh, <laughs> stares off into the distance. Tyler, right. you I'll, should watch it. It's a great show. I'll, uh, I'll play a game on my phone or something <laughs> while you while you do that. <laughs> but yeah. no, back to you. Sorry, back to what you were saying about uh, Comic Con. I think. Or yeah, Westworld. like I think. <laughs> I mean, well, Westworld. Um, <laughs> you scoffed at it when it was brought up. You forgot about it. Scoffed again uh, at remembering it. To think happy thoughts about before I drag Westworld. I do. Next year's Comic Con is going to be insanity. Um, so, you know, something to look forward to uh, in a year's time. Um, yeah. But it'll be great. But Westworld, a mess. I don't watch it. I have not watched it. My my wife watched it for a while and kind of enjoyed it, and then just just didn't. Uh, it just lost her along the way. Like she just didn't the care first for season is brilliant. The second season, particularly anything to do with Tandy Newton's character, brilliant. Um, she is the heart of that show for me. I. And they give her so much to do as an actress. Um, says, but the third season, it's like they heard a lot of the fan outcries about how complicated season two got with timelines and locations of where people are and, you know, just ghosts in the machine, the ghosts are the machine, you know, all this. And then this season, so they were like, okay, we're going to do one timeline. But we're going to have, like, Aaron Paul here to just be here and acting. And I'm like, Aaron Paul has, what, three, four Emmys? And he does nothing. Mm. Not like he, they could have put any other actor in that part, and it would have been just as bad. Um, it just it's a show that felt like it was moving towards a series finale only to then be renewed for season four, yeah. two episodes before the, the season ended with rumors that they're going to, that they might go to six. And I'm like, where are the six seasons of story? Like, well, that's, that's, that's actually kind of about. enticing to me. But, I mean, there's, but there's no six seasons. Like next season, really should be the last. Like just like we're not in the park anymore in a substantial way, which I always knew was going to be the case. You know, when you started the first season, you knew they were going to figure out a way to get out of the park. But it's like now, that's going to be so far in history that like the central conceit of your show, like what does that how many more times can you dig into robots learning to be humans and like the struggles of humanity? How long can you stretch that out? Well, I've, I've, I'm always fascinated by shows that outlive their initial premise. I think about Homeland. Remember how much of it was about Brody and Damian yeah. Lewis? And he, like, I guess spoilers for Homeland, but he died like five years ago. And the show, like, yeah. just had its final season. Like, it just, I, I like that. That's some, that's something I like about the potential of TV storytelling is that it can it can find new things to. Yeah, I think I would. But you had such a strong presence with Carrie on that show mm -hmm. that it was like that dude might be dead, but like there are other threats to the homeland that she's going to have to deal with. Um, and you know, she can go off of her meds and be crazy and then come back on them and be okay. And then maybe she could do some shock therapy where she may or may not remember who actually killed who, or that she was, you know, you could, there's endless things you could do with that and the people around her for Westworld. I'm just like, it's so tightly wound that I don't know they loosened up a little bit this season and it like almost got away from them <laughs> story-wise. Um, and so I think a tight eight episodes since season four, you know? Okay. Well, I think, I think what you're, 
talking about, and I think there's something we've David and I have discussed before and, and actually with uh, Paul Goebel is that the idea that like when you have sort of these high concept shows, if you're going to make them last in any kind of meaningful way, it's going to have to come from the characters, you know, uh, even something like lost where, yeah, there are people that got really wrapped up in the story, but the story was meandering and sometimes it would go down like a, a dark alley and it's, Oh, it's a dead end. It's, but <laughs> thankfully the yeah. characters and their relationships were what kept you coming back. And I haven't seen Homeland, but based on what you're, what you're talking about with uh, the, this, uh, this Carrie character that I've been hearing so much about, like so much of what you're talking about is the drama is coming from her as opposed to the, the world or the, or the story, you know? And I know that David, you and I, and I, Terrence, I don't know about you, but we're big fans of Hannibal and I feel like that's one where certainly the tone was wonderful and I think it was visually gorgeous, but it really, so much of it just boiled down to these two characters and their relationship with each other. And I feel like they could have, it's a shame that it got canceled when it did. I think they could have dragged that out more because their circumstances combined with their shared history is so complex that, uh, that I feel like it could have, it could have gone on um, as yeah, opposed to something what was that? That he was going to cast Clary Starling was supposed to come in in the next season of Hannibal. I heard that, yes. Um, and that would have been interesting, I think. Yeah. Uh, I might, uh, speaking of Hannibal, I forgot I'm such a fan. Terrence, I might have to have you, uh, I might have to commission a, a cosplay, a Hannibal cosplay. <laughs> Could you make me into Christy Metopoulos emerging from the belly of a dead horse? <laughs> Could you? Could you make a costume of that? Oh geez, that can would be, I be, that would can be, I be the dead horse? I'll be the dead horse. You know, uh, that would be quite an undertaking. <laughs> Finally, something, some cosplay for my body type. <laughs> you know, um, uh, of all the TV I've been watching during the lockdown, because I'm trying to keep my mental state uh, afloat, uh, yes. I've been watching almost exclusively comedy. Um, with the occasion of like, with the exception of like, I watched little fires everywhere and the plot against mm -hmm. America, which was, uh, uh, not good for my mental health, but, um, oh, I mostly... couldn't do plot against America. I was just like, I'm just, I can't, it, it gets better. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mostly, mostly comedy including, so you were, uh, normally, uh, Terrence, I've talked to you before, but like your Twitter feed is. 85% incomprehensible to me because I don't watch the shows that you watch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it's like he's transmitting a message to the yeah, other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. th this Sunday night, you were tweeting about Insecure. And you were, mm -hmm. um, uh, I think you were still, I'm kind of frustrated with this season. Um, I? Because I feel like the, and I feel like you were kind of getting to, to the same thing. I feel like the conflict between Issa and Molly is too contrived. I, I feel like, I, I feel like M Molly's reason for being so upset is so made up that I, I would like the show better. It started off with this, like, you know, in media res thing of like, Oh no, they're not friends anymore. And we're counting down to finding out how they yeah. become not friends. And that would be more interesting if there were like, if you could take a side, like, Oh, I'm team Issa and I'm team Molly, but I can't imagine anyone honestly being on Molly's side. So, I mean, I'm not on Molly's side. Let me just state that right up front in case somebody listening to this is like, <laughs> I am not. I understand where she was coming from in this past episode. I just think that she was also wrong. <laughs> like I, and what I find fascinating about this season of insecure is it's like looking at the concept of if you have known somebody for so long through the ups and the downs, can you see them any other way other than how you've experienced them? Um, so like the reason why I think, Molly was so incredibly wrong <laughs> for how mad she got at Issa for why she decided to start a fight at the event. Um, was that like, she's seen Issa struggle. Like, yes, she has, she has a lot of her own stuff going on, but it's like your friend, your best friend of decades 
is trying to put on this event and like you held a key to her being able to do that and you didn't want to withhold it for reasons and you know it's fine you don't want to ask your boyfriend for you know a favor for your friend because you want to keep your lane separate okay but like Issa knew your boyfriend before like the only reason why you know Andrew is because Issa was hanging out with Nathan and Nathan is Andrew's friend um so that she was gonna let Issa fail and then not express to her what her real issue was like that is what boggled my mind and what makes me so mad at that character in particular because it's like she is so messy it's she's so, so is messy. the is the issue so f- from molly's point of view sorry i'll let you i'll let you finish but from molly's yeah. point of view is the issue that east has always been the fuck up in our friendship and i don't mm-hmm. know how to relate to her if she's being successful at this i think deep down it is and you could tell by just what is really great about insecure hopefully we're hooking you on watching the show uh is <laughs> i'm <acting>. sorry what <laughs> no the act, like yvonne orgy is just amazing playing molly and she's so great and she frustrates me every week but it's because of her brilliance um as an actor but like you look at how she was at that block party literally every glance every side she was just looking for something to go wrong yeah, and, but I and I felt like that was the show doing that because because Molly has done stuff before that I've been not on her side, but Yvonne Orgy has mm-hmm. made me like sleeping believe with her. a married man. No, yes. Oh, yes. Well, no. Fuck Dro. I hate Dro. But uh, um, the worst. But um, not being able to um, be with the guy who had been with a guy in the past. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, yes. like that was something that I was like, fuck. Like, I was so mad at Molly for not being able to get past that, but. Yvonne Orgeman made me believe it in, in Molly. Yeah. At least I understand this real person. I feel like this episode and a lot of this conflict this season has, uh, I, I just can't make that jump. I, I don't feel like it's selling it for me. And yet the Thanksgiving episode, like two weeks ago was one of the best episodes of the show ever. Yes. So the, the, the season's just been up and ups and downs for me. Yeah. I think I've really dug, you know, it's some little inside baseball for you. Um, Many moons ago, when I graduated from LMU, um, I was in an incubator lab program. Good brag. Film Independent. And we got to meet Issa Rae at um, the LA Film Festival. And she'd just gotten the Insecure deal. And we were like, oh, we're really excited for the show. You know, like, how many seasons do you see it running? And she was like, oh, I'm a fan of British shows, so I see it running two or three. So mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> with the season five renewal um (laughs) (laughs) and they're really just having to dig deep and take these characters into places you know for it got to five years of storytelling from what she was talking about like she made it sound like this shit was going to be over in 10 episodes max (laughs) um so for me this season has been really interesting to see them both growing but in like different directions and i'm extremely frustrated with the characters because they just don't talk i think the one thing that the show is contriving is the complete breakdown of communication um and just that like these characters are not like at one point in time like it's the episode before this last one where isa called molly for that favor Mm -hmm. and Molly immediately was bummed out about the fact that Issa didn't ask about her life. Like, and instead went directly into, Oh, was there a breach of contract? Did you read the rule? It's like, that should have been a moment where she's like, Hey, I'm just dealing with like a lot of relationship stuff. And so like, we haven't been cool. And like, can we just talk this out once and for all? And they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to do that for weeks given that blow up. Uh, so that's tough to, to witness, but I love the fact that the show makes me think about like my friendships and the things I would and would not tolerate. Uh, <laughs> like me I and Molly actually... would have just, just had to fight. We would have just had to fight. I was actually going to say that um, one of the things that is selling me on the show is the fact that as you guys are talking about these characters, you're talking about them the way 
Jen and I would talk about our friends mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, or I mean, obviously we feel a little bit more comfortable judging like TV characters than we do our friends. We actually try not <laughs> yes. to do that. But at the same time like that, it's just like, Oh, it's so frustrating this thing and talking about this relationship and all of that. And, uh, and that, that's something that always appeals to me when you find yourself falling into a pattern that is not, conventionally associated with TV or film, but is actually more associated with actual real life relationships and situations yeah. uh, that tends to a- appeal to me. It sounds like it could also stress me out tremendously, but it won't stress you because it, it, the show is really, really funny. Very um, funny. This season is especially because they're digging into characters, like really, really specific character detail things mostly all to do with kelly and how ridiculous that she is um like she went a whole this whole episode in a british accent because she was trying to you know seduce this uh rapper um and interesting uh that makes sense to me like his brother on the show hates her so he went up to her while she was talking with the rapper dude and was like asking her all of these questions about living in London, <laughs> um, yeah. specifically to try and trip her up. Uh, I also yeah, like how how dumb the um, the uh, the rapper was about when he was trying to explain how America works. He's like, "Well, you've got two branches. You've got <laughs> the legislative, and then you've got the Bank of America." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll say it's this: like, uh, it's a great. Uh, Insecure is also, uh, Tyler, you'll like it because it's a great Los Angeles show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also fun for me every week to sort of tag myself in the show, which clueless white person would I be in the show? <laughs> because this, this, this past episode, the, there was, uh, it was all at the beginning of the block party, the event, it was like all, all white folks. And my, Natalie and I like sort of turned to each other and be like, we totally would have gone to that. We would have been those people. <laughs> the, the funniest part of that was where they were like, they all think it's a farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, the show it's, it is frustrating to watch these people make mistakes. It's also really thrilling television, but yeah, Molly, I just, I personally just will never be able to, to ride for Molly after finding after her character finds out about her dad's cheating on the mom Mm -hmm. and proceeds to get into a quote unquote open relationship with the married man like the levels of stupidity (laughs) that were required to get to that point um but i think it's for like not to uh i'm not uh, a licensed therapist myself but um Mm -hmm. to uh, a person who is so stubbornly not self-reflective that actually makes sense i mean yeah it's it's brilliant character work i think they really do a great job of like like we've seen them grow like i think molly and her relationship with andrew this season has been really interesting to see her like having to work at a relationship with a guy that she likes and talk to him and communicate about these different things. And so like you see, it's like two steps forward, 20 steps back, because then, you know, she'll rag on Issa all the time or she'll blow <laughs> up. Even as mad as she was about Issa going behind her back or whatever, that conversation could have waited the next day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, um, we should move on to, cause Tyler has nothing yes. to, to, to add anymore here. Um, it's, it's fine. You know, it's, uh, you should Terrence, watch you can, it. Terrence, you can take my spot if you want from now on. <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, well, uh, I want to ask you what movies you've been watching, but on the subject of TV, I'm actually, uh, as we just realized just how long we're going to be not going out um mm-hmm. i am i was glad to see uh some premiere dates for hbo max uh mm-hmm. because search party season three is coming finally after a long wait i'm not sure if terrence did you watch search party no oh, okay um but then i was <laughs> bummed to see and this is finally tyler will have something to to say here uh the amazing race season 32 has been sort of indefinitely postponed yeah it was supposed to, it was literally supposed to take survivor spot which just finished 
uh, like they announced that, that it was going to start essentially next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's just like, oh no, we're making, we, essentially we're making room for this show and this show. And I think it's just going to, it's just going to be hovering there for whenever one of those shows fails. Okay. And then they're well, like, okay, I, we'll, yeah. we'll plug it in there. I was reading that there's because nothing's in production right now. CBS is worried they won't have anything in the fall, and so here we have this completed season of TV. Maybe we'll just wait to the fall and fill whatever gap needs to be filled then. Yeah, the Survivor uh, yeah. finale was last night, and what's interesting is Jeff Probst at the end of everything. Uh, he said that they are committed to having another having season so season 40 just wrapped it j- just finished but uh it's like we're committed to season 41 premiering in the fall and it's like huh i wonder what that could possibly mean because obviously survivor it's not merely a lot of people living in fairly close quarters albeit in an open environment uh but there's also a, a huge crew also there's international travel involved And so, I mean, I guess there just has to be a series of waivers, but I also feel like, man, he, like, he's not merely the host. Also, he's the executive producer. He wouldn't be saying that unless they had a plan in mind that they're probably already starting to implement. So maybe, maybe like they make sure everybody has tested negative. Yeah. And then the production is essentially a quarantine, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I could see, I could see survivor work. Cause like when the amazing race, when they were sort of deliberating about whether or not they were going to continue, it was like, where exactly are they racing to and from? Like yeah. you, we can't go outside, <laughs> you know, yeah. even if they're going to like Brazil, you know, where yeah. they don't have any, you know, regulations at the moment. And they just have a record number of cases in a day. Uh, that's not something you can you should be subjecting your production to. Um, yeah. W- one thing on the HBO Max that I was excited to see is that Doom Patrol mm-hmm. is going to be airing on HBO Max and DC Universe. Um, Doom Patrol is an amazing show, and so I'm happy that folks will get to see season one. See season one because they'll have HBO Max, and I'm, but I'm also interested is like what that means for DC universe. Like I was really excited to hear that news at Comic-Con. And then I was like, so DC universe isn't long for the world. Yeah. then, Because if they're just, if they're like, why would I pay for HBO max and DC universe? Mm-hmm. If your best show is going to be airing on HBO max. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, uh, what movies have you been watching? Oh, geez. Well, Cinderella a million times. Yes. Um, yes. Literally, the ball sequence to when her gown and pumpkin and everything turns back to a pumpkin. Uh, I've rewatched that <laughs> every that. single day. <laughs> every single day. Um, what other movies have I been watching? I've been turning to a lot of, like, comfort stuff. Um, so, like, terrible, like, cheesy Netflix, Falling in Love, Okay. Christina Milian, um, huh. which I, it's, it's so easy to go back to that. Cause I like know the rhythms of that. Um, some animated stuff, but really just like, I haven't seen too many new movies naturally just because of, of where we are. And it's like, um, I watched fantasy Island. How was that? dreadful i assumed as much and yet somehow when i saw that i mean i realized that the nature of trailers is to make things look good but when i saw the yeah. trailer i was like you know what maybe you know it's 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 a good saturday sunday like i don't want to just look at the wall anymore like i can look at a screen a bigger right. screen than my computer um let me just throw something on i had fun with it even though it was ridiculous, I, I just wish it would have been more campy. Yeah. Um, like it, it gets real bad shit crazy at the end. And I'm like, if only you had been this messy minute one. I did have the thought that like, it's like fantasy. I, like, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch the show. I knew, mm-hmm. I know a little bit about it. Not very much. Um, 
but I remember thinking that like, well, it certainly wasn't a horror show. And so the idea of seeing within the premise, the possibility of something horrific, I remember being like, Oh, that I want to somehow I want to see more of that. Like I want Mm -hmm. Brady Bunch to be a kitchen sink drama. You know, I want there to be like a, a, a marriage story esque version of the Brady Bunch. Um, Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's doable. And now, and like, Oh, I'm really excited. I want like a, uh, I, I want a, a hard hitting kitchen sink drama out of, you know, all in the family, which you could do. Uh, yes. And I, I don't know. It's the, the idea, I guess, even though the movie did not get good reviews and I probably will never see it. The mm-hmm. idea of being able to see within an existing property, the possibility, not merely to adapt it, but to come to, explore the premise in a way that uh, moves you into another genre is at the very least interesting to me yeah, from an experimental. Was, but I also think, I think that. you're being a very nice, I think you're being charitable. Tyler. Oh, to undoubtedly. Me, yes. To me, this is just an impulse of like, Oh, wouldn't it be sick? Like, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was there, there was another one just, it was like the fucking bananas and pajamas or something were serial killers. Bananas. What was that movie? The banana, banana splits. Split. The banana yeah. splits uh, was uh, uh, where they were killers. Yeah, I think it was I like yeah, and it was a kid show with bananas. Yeah, the other two movies that I've seen sort of during quarantine were Underwater. Okay, um, which is the Mad Max Fury Road of underwater um, monster movies. Okay. Uh, I, okay, so I've seen Underwater I, and I've seen uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I'm fascinated to know what you mean. I think he means I, that I haven't seen them. Oh sure. sure. <laughs> no, I mean that like. <laughs> Oh, we should talk about them for 10 minutes then. <laughs> yes, go on, Underwater go is like minute one shit starts happening. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And then they just go and they're like, you either are going to be on this journey, picking up these context clues, being, you know, scared about the things that are haunting them or you're not. And then it wraps us up and it's like the economy, even though I don't necessarily care the most for Mad Max Fury Road, I did appreciate George Miller being like, this story is going to go and you are either going to get on this truck yeah. and go with it, or you're going to, you know, fall into the sand. Um, it's, you should see underwater. Dude. Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 want, I want to, I yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, think David would like it. I think it, it's the kind of thing that as, as I've gotten older, on one hand, it's hard to talk about because it's just so boiled down. Um, mm-hmm. But that, but I come to appreciate that. It's just like, okay, we're just going to be the essence of this thing. We're not even going to, yeah. don't, don't worry about like characterizations or anything, even though I think the performers all do great. Um, and I think I like some of the stuff that it does where I felt this way about that movie life, which is not that great of a movie, but I felt like this as well, yeah. where it's like, there is the primary threat, but that doesn't mean there aren't other threats as well. Like the guy who's, who has a crack in his helmet. And so like when it comes to pressurization, he's just dead immediately. Like, and, and yeah. early on. And of course it's horrible. This happens in, it's also, this happens in life. The 1999 Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence comedy. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't see the guy in the space helmet. In that movie? <laughs> I must have missed that part. Yeah, it's in the first five minutes. Maybe you came in late. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, there's a lot that I like about Underwater. My issue had uh, had to do with the creatures themselves. I feel like they're just so bland and generic. And uh, I feel like they could have gotten more creative with like, these are creatures that are so deep that there's that no one has seen anything like them before. And it's like, yeah, but they're also just kind of humanoid. And like, I don't yeah. want that. And then you get to the big, big bad yeah and honestly that is what convinced i'm not even gonna spoil this for you dude because i feel like you you have to watch it too although it was the thing that got me to watch the movie because i was like they did what (laughs) at the end Mm. um and so yeah i had to watch it and then the other thing i i saw was this uh israeli movie um 15 years Mm. which has maybe the most abrasive main character of any movie I've ever seen. Okay. And I could have watched him be awful to the people he loved for another hour. (laughs) Like the performance from that lead actor in that movie 
uh, let me actually find his name so I can give him his due. Uh, his name, and of course it's not on Litterbox. Um, I think his name is Oded. Something. Oded Leopold. Leopold, yes. He grounds that character so well that even as you're watching him piss off his only friend and his partner of 15 years and all of their friends and just just self-destruct, it never felt like it came out of a a malicious place or that like the screenplay was trying to do too much to make him this way. It's so grounded in character that I was like, I really could have sat there and just watched another hour of just him being mm. terrible. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. That, that's sort of been my one like feel bad movie of quarantine. <laughs> there's, there's uh, a, I've watched plenty of feel bad movies. I watched the painted <laughs> bird all no, three hours no. of the painted bird. No, no, no. <laughs> How did you make it through? Did you, did, have you read the book or heard the story uh, beforehand? N- no, I knew that it was supposed to be rough. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I watched it in, uh, two chunks. Uh, I didn't watch, I didn't sit straight through it. Uh, but, um, yeah. So you haven't been, you haven't been keeping up on any of the new releases, uh, that have come out, uh, uh on video or video on demand. You didn't watch uh, Valley Girl. I, so that's what I'm hoping to do this weekend. I've saved it for the weekend. Okay. I do want okay. to see Valley Girl. I've heard good things. It's, it's it's worth your time. Yeah, it's for me, it's like, because we're in this amorphous, maybe, you know, LA will open up mid-June, maybe, you know, June of 2025 uh, time frame <laughs> that it's like, I haven't been rushing to watch all of the new releases. I sort of keep them for moments when I feel like it. Like, I haven't seen Invisible Man yet, Ooh, but I'm saving that. I'm saving that for there will come a time where I want to watch a really good horror movie yeah. and I want invisible man to be there <laughs> ready to take that spot. That reminds me, I'm, I'm uh, suggesting everyone watch the vast of night when it comes out on prime uh, oh, I do want to see on that, the yeah. May 29th. I think that's a really good uh, sci-fi horror movie. Let me that down. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I keep forgetting, uh, to check how long we've been going when we do these Zoom we're, things. I, we're good at this point. But I think it's been about uh, uh, about an hour. Um, anything else uh, you want to recommend to people, Terrence, to stay sane? Um, I, if you're tired of the stress of your normal life, dive into the stress of this Netflix show called Into the Night. Uh, six episodes, about 40 oh, minutes each. Yes, okay. I've been seeing ads for it, and it looks very interesting. It is... There's something There's something to watching other people deal with an apocalypse. Okay. That can feel a little comforting hmm. to you um, when it's different from what you're dealing with. So, like... I, like, I can't watch Con- Contagion. I had a panic attack, like, a month ago. Because I was like, I'll watch Contagion. And then I started really thinking about all the stuff that was happening in Contagion and was happening in the world. <laughs> and I was like, maybe not. Yeah. But this, it was like, essentially what makes this show so great is that the characters have to outrun the sun, essentially. Um, so they're all stuck on a plane oh. having to figure out how to outrun the sun. Because if the sun rises and they're outside, they'll die. Hmm. Um, that so sounds very cool and stressful. It, it is. And it's yeah. like, you know, a plane is really claustrophobic in the best of times. Uh, so imagine what it's like when you have the pressure of knowing that you, you know, may or may not be running out of fuel. And there's only two destinations for you to go to. And if you go to one destination, you know, you'll die. But if you will you make it to the other one? And the show does a really good job with the characters of making them competent, but giving them one thing that if they had it, it would be perfect for everybody on the plane, but because they don't, it increases the tension. So it's, it's interesting to, to put, 
those things in, in the characters. No, not even. I'm talking about like, well, yes, they definitely could have used that because uh, some of those characters were very, very high strung. I'm talking about like, say if, if somebody got injured and they needed to go into surgery and you had somebody with medical experience, but they weren't a doctor. Okay. What would happen? Okay. So watch it. It's great. I, I, I loved to, it. I meant to ask you, uh, Terrence, speaking of Netflix shows, did you watch Never Have I Ever? I did. Yeah. Speaking of things I watched in two sittings, I burned through that. I loved it. Uh, I also burned through Upload um, oh, okay. on Amazon Prime, uh, okay. which, so I have been watching a lot of things. All of this time is blending together. <laughs> um, Upload, Upload is a show that I, I like the drama of it more than I like the comedy. Okay. Um, but never have I ever, it definitely fun. Yeah. Um, even though one of her love interests looks older than me. <laughs> so, well, that's the nature of high school. I mean, and he's uh, only TV two shows. years, he's two years younger than me. So it's like, I, the other guy is like 21 and he's 29 and he looks every bit wow. of 35. <laughs> so. so he's made some bad choices. <laughs> I mean, he just has a, an old face. <laughs> well, I think we made a good choice asking Terrence to join us on the show. Um, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. You can find, uh, I don't think I reviewed anything this week, but I'll have a bunch of reviews uh, next week. But uh, there's a bunch of stuff on the website um, uh, at battleshippretension.com. You can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at davypretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at tylerpretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug? Besides our yeah. Patreon, where we talked about another random uh, chunk of five movies from our personal top 100 this week. Well, I don't have anything now, now that you've said that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Obviously, there's uh, uh, my documentary, Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema, which is available on faithlifetv.com. And then um, over at More Than One Lesson, uh, there's a new episode of the podcast in which I talk about uh, bad times at the El Royale. So, uh, yeah, there's stuff to do. Terrence, what do you have to, to plug? Um, maybe by the time you listen to this, I'll have reviewed the TV show Snowpiercer, okay. um, which you can find at littlewildtour.net. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Terrence B. Johnson. Uh, that's Terrence with one R, no A. Are there a lot of Terrences that spell with an A? Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of people who misspell my name um, I, I'll, I'll admit that i have had to look up to make sure it's one r uh, mm -hmm, before it's one r. but i've uh, never thought to put an a in there yes and it's interesting because my roommate's first name is also terrence and he spells it with two r's oh wow uh, so and people misspell both of our names so <laughs> you know it's, it's a it's a tough life being a terrence but yes one r no a now, Terrence, I don't know if you know this or not. Terrence is not the most common name in the world. So the idea that you and your roommate both have it, mm -hmm. how did that happen? Were you part of like a group and um, uh, you guys needed a roommate or what? Like it's, uh, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, but it, I'm, somehow this makes me angry. Why, uh, how did this happen? <laughs> it was funny because so we both went to grad school at LMU. Um, and it was funny because we have another friend whose name is also Terrence. Um, and he spoke with he two R's and an A. Two R's and an A. So it's three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You guys should have formed, like, an R&B well, group, lives, he, like he Tony, Tony, in, Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Australia, so we couldn't really do that. But, yeah, we met. And I always tell the story that, like, I – we did, like, little introductions going around the rooms for the grad program. And I introduced myself first. Uh, and as – you know, he's a little older than me, but I'm the, I'm the Terrence uh, okay. of our LMU grad cohort. And so he goes by his last name, Grant. He was like, my name is also Terrence, but you can call me Grant because uh, a lot of people back home called him by his last name as well. Um, There's like so that yeah, maybe it, three identical strangers. Like you just keep finding each other. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. the most, you know, most Terrence's I've, I've known in my life. It's not, it isn't that common. Um, Although there is another Terrence Johnson uh, in L.A. somewhere mm -hmm. who spells his name the same as mine, 
and has the Twitter handle Terrence. That's why I have to put my middle initial in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he barely tweets and he won't give up the fucking handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, hello, what about me? I'm the I, real I've, Terrence of LA. I, I've told this story before on Facebook. I got an invite from a group that is literally just people named Tyler Smith. That was it. It's a group of just Tyler Smiths and they invited me. I made it. Uh, so I joined the group cause I thought, why not? And then I would get like notifications like, Oh, right. We have nothing in common except our name. Such a name so yeah. people are posting like, sometimes it's something political. Sometimes it's something personal. And I just like, I, I'm gaining nothing from this. I just instinct, I instinctively accepted the invitation and I was, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm going to leave this group. It's, mm. I didn't announce it. I just was to myself. I'm like, I think I'm, I think I uh, realized that uh, names while important are not that important. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me, have we talked about the fact and now I can't find the guy, but that there's a David Bax who does like a sci-fi podcast in Australia. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I don't like it. <laughs> but I can, I can't, I'm, I was trying to find him and I can't find the name of the podcast. Oh, well, maybe some other time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see, there's, is it the Save oh, Sci-Fi podcast? Yes, that's it. Save Sci-Fi. There it is. There's yeah. also a David Bax who's a chiropractor in, in, in Indiana. And I, first I knew that because I have, like every sane person, I have Google alerts for myself. And every once in a while, I'd get a Google alert about this chiropractor in Indiana. But then I was tweeting with someone that I follow for women's hockey stuff. And I was tweet- I tweeted a reply to something that she said. And she replied back, hey, you have the same name as my chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, well, thank you for being here, Terrence. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 